Good to see everyone this morning. Let's all stand to sing our first song. I think it's one slide before that. Hmm. Here we go. Hear all Israel, the Lord thy God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy soul. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy strength. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy mind. Hear, O Israel, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy soul. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy strength. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy mind. Here sure why my microphone always does this, but it's, we're working on that, so I apologize in advance. Nonetheless, want to thank you for being here today. We have some that haven't been here uh, for a while, and so welcome back for those of you that have been coming the last three weeks. Thank you so much. We got a really good crowd right here today. It's pretty good, isn't it? And we got, we got some leftovers. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Great. But uh, we are thankful that you are here. We've been praying for you, praying for all of our congregation and uh, all the people that are staying home right now need to continue to keep those in prayer. Of course, for many reasons, they're there, and we understand that completely. You know, we're thankful, um, and I don't see a lot of kids, young kids here, little kids here today. Uh, Vivi's here, and she's got a little bow on her hair, head there, but um, we always... You know, we always want to thank those parents that go that extra mile and, um, you know, they put forth that effort. You know, because on Sunday mornings, for all of us that have had children that are small, Sunday mornings can be pretty hectic sometimes. So we just want to say to all the parents out there that really put forth that effort, that we love you and we thank you. And so let's do this together, if you would. Let's, let's sing this one right here. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. And yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin, 
Oh, let his little child come in. And yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. How many of you heard that song when you were a little kid? Raise your hand. How many of you heard it more than once? Raise both hands. Now just do this right here. That means I love you. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a seat if you would. You want to stand up? Everybody stand up. You people stand up here. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I have a living hope. I have a future. God has a plan for me. Of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I know I can stand secure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I put my hope in your holy word, I put my hope in your holy word, your word is faithful, mighty in power. God will deliver me, of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I know I can stand secure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I put my hope in your holy word, I put my hope in your holy word. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all the soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No friend like him is so high and holy. No, not one. No, not one. And yet no friend is so meek and lowly. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one, no night so dark, but his love can cheer us. No, not one, no, not one, Jesus knows.
knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Please be seated. If you would, uh, take out your communion supply. And lift the thin plastic that's over the wafer. If you're not familiar with that, you can lift that up and that, the wafer will come out. But do not pull the tab over the juice yet. Did everybody get one that needs one? I hope you're still thinking about the words to the songs that we just said. Another mic. So I don't need this. Okay. So I hope you're still thinking about the words to the song that we just sang. There's not a friend like Jesus. You know, all of us have friends and and some of our friends are closer than others. But Jesus is the best friend that we can ever have. In John 15, Jesus talks about love. And in verse 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And that is what Jesus did. He laid down his life and died on the cross to pay the debt for our sin. And that was the only way it could be paid. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Father, he died for us and we are thankful for that and for his glorious resurrection. And Father, we pray that you will bless this bread that represents Jesus' body that was nailed to the cross. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
Father, we thank you for all the blessings of life. We know that all things come from you. And Father, we just pray that uh, we will be good stewards of what you have blessed us with. And, and Father, uh, it may be that maybe we can't give money. Maybe we don't have the money to give, but uh, Father, we have time. And, uh, we can serve others. And there's a lot of things that we can do for your kingdom. And Father, just pray that uh, all that we do will honor and glorify you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand again for our next song? Thank you. <clears throat> These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. These are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David, rebuilding a temple of praise. The days of the harvest, the fields are as wide in your world, and we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of science till salvation comes. Amen. Please be seated. All right, I told you I would be back. And thank you for, we think we got the mic thing fixed. It's probably all on me anyway, so it's okay. But God is good, amen? It's good to see all of you once again. You know, I'm going to talk to you today about firm foundation. You know, they say that the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa in Italy is, is going to fall. That's what they tell us. Uh, all things point toward that. Although they've done some shoring up and trying to stabilize, and maybe you've been there, I don't know. My wife would love to go, but I'm not going this week. But um, <laughs> scientists yearly, they tra travel there yearly to uh, measure its movement, its slow descent, actually. And um, it's about 180 foot tall, the structure, they say, and it moves about 1 20th of an inch per year. You wouldn't think that's much. But at the present time, it's 17 feet out of plumb. So it's going to fall. That's, uh, that's, it's, so that's a lot if you look at that. Now, it's also said that 
One of the problems that it had from the very beginning, it was built on marshland. That's the word Pisa stands for marshland. And um, so we look at that and we say, well, how, how silly that they would build something there knowing that it was marshland. I don't know anybody in this room would go out and build a home on something like that, purposely anyway. And um, yet there's another problem. The problem is its foundation is only some 10 foot deep, which is not near enough for a structure that tall. Now, if you were to do that today or see that being done today, you would probably say that's pretty silly. But the question is, is about our foundation, your foundation. How deep is your foundation? Where is your foundation? And is your foundation secure? We pray that it is, and in Jesus it always is. Give me an amen. amen. So Jesus addresses this in Scripture. He's very clear about this. Sermon on the Mount, He gives this great, if you will, this, it's the first um, sermon given. All other sermons come from this. They say this is the first original and everything else is stolen. But in these, he mentions this particular one. It's one that we know quite well because we're taught this one just like we are taught Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. This one we're also taught in our vacation Bible schools, but when we're real small kids and we sing a song that goes to this one, we're not going to sing. But it says, therefore, everyone. Now notice that Jesus is talking here and it's important. Once again, when you read Scripture, if you read it for the story that it's there only, you miss what it is supposed to apply to yourself. There is nothing in Scripture that is for people only then. It is for us now as well. In the Gospels, it's for us. It's for us to learn from. It's us to gain something. It's supposed to make sense to us as followers of Christ or to adjust us as followers of Christ. Therefore, everyone, that includes you and includes me, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It's something that you practice. That means it's a daily thing in your life and my life. It's like a wise man who built his home on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And then he goes on to say, but everyone, including you or me, whoever, hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a foolish man. Go ahead. Like a foolish man. It should be up there, but maybe not. He's like a foolish man. There it is. And, puts, uh, and does this and builds his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose up and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Now, it sounds pretty simple to listen to, but I love what Jesus, uh, or what happens after this. Matthew inserts just a little bit that really intrigues me. And so he says, after the crowds heard, heard this, and after Jesus was finished, the crowds were amazed. They were amazed at his teachings, lengthy teaching here, but in this particular setting, this teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not of those that taught the law. I love that fact because they always taught with the demand, the, uh, the, uh, the teachers of the law always taught with a demand, do this, do this, do this. And Jesus comes along and adds compassion and love, but he also adds something that's real special for all of us. It's something that's simple and makes perfect sense when you think about it. So here I think what it is, is Jesus says, I want to give you some, you want to hear something stupid but makes complete sense? Well, here it is. And then he tells the story. 
So what I thought it might do us good, especially during this time that we are in, to find out where our foundation is built in all of this that we're going through in our world today. So I thought I would look at the two differences in these people and this structure and this foundation. The two differences there, but also what they also had in common. Because they have some things in common and they have some differences there. But then draw a conclusion for you and me so that we can know for sure where our foundation lies. So the first thing they shared was they had a vision. These two men had a vision. Now, here's the truth. People can share the same vision and not get the same results. It happens all the time. Both of these individuals wanted something. Both of them wanted to build something. Both of them wanted to build a house. Both of them wanted something for the future. We go through the same thing. All of us go through the same thing. We want something that is good for us in the future. So what we're doing is we're building upon something now to give us something later on in our lives. They had a dream, we have a dream. In all of that, you have to know that there's a basic principle of all that, of life, is that I want my life to count. You want your life to count, don't you? You want to make a difference in somebody's life? Sure you do. But you want to make your life count, why? Because you know if you make your life count, it's passed to the next generation. And they pull from that as well. So we all have something in common there. We all want something. Now another comparison that you could put there for these guys, and some would say they lived probably in the same neighborhood. It doesn't say that in Scripture, but it does lend itself that there was the same storm. The storm came, the wind blew, and all those things happened. And so it is that these things that we go through in life too is when the storms come for us. Meaning that we all go through things in our lives. Anybody going through something right now? We all are. Every single person that you see in this room and every person that drives up and down Cash Road every day, everybody has something going on in their life. And that is their priority. Now you think yours is at the top, they think theirs is at the top. And then when you start comparing to each other, you start realizing some things in your life. There can be worse things or whatever. But here the story is teaching me that rain comes from the heavens. God teaches that. And if you're alive, you will get wet. Now listen, you cannot dodge raindrops. Anybody try to do that except for me? My, my, my brother knew that I was pretty when I was little. And he would say, I'll give you a dollar if you can out dodge the raindrops, get to the mailbox and back, and don't get wet. Pour in the rain. Well, I was dumb enough to take him on that up on that bed. Because I thought I was fast enough to make it. But I didn't make it. I got drenched, wet, soaked. And he just sat in the house, locked the door, and just laughed at me. Now you know who I really am. All right, but nonetheless, life is not always a vacation, but we wish it was. Sometimes you get wet. In other words, we all face something. Everyone is facing something again. Therefore, we are connected to this story. Storms. Listen to what Matthew chapter 5, 45 says. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Why do things happen to good people? They just happen. Because it rains. Just in the last three months, something's been added to your list. Whether you like it or not, it's been added to your list. But you see, people that are going through cancer, they're still going through cancer. But they got just more added to their list. People that have lost a loved one and hurting 
and, and, and going through that pain of sorrow and all those things, they're still hurting, but they have something else added to their list. And that's exactly what for all of us. But if you remember something, if, if you go back and look at maybe a couple of the first um, online videos that we did after we were not able to meet together like we are today, there's something I told you in each of those first two weeks. And I went, went back and, and checked it out. It's true. The first two weeks, what I told you was, we talked about faith, we talked about prayer, we talked about courage, and all those things are important. But the first two I talked about in the middle of these storms, we have to remember to praise God. Praising God in the middle of the storm. This is important in our lives. Praising God in the middle of the storm shows God that you trust Him. Have you been trusting Him? Have you been praising Him? If you remember in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the Daniel's time frame, the king builds this great statue and he says, bow down to it or I'll throw you in a furnace. And they said, what to the king? Went to the king and they simply said these words. They said, O king, they did not disrespect the king, nor should we disrespect authority. But in that, he said, O king, even if our God does not deliver us from this fiery furnace, we will not serve your gods because Jehovah is our king. They praised God up until the very last second that they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And Jesus met them there and walked them out untouched by the fire. Give me an amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 13, why is it important for us? Through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess His name. Give me an amen. amen. We are to declare the Lord's goodness even in the midst of the storms. Everyone's going to get wet. That is some of the things that they had in common. Now here's a few things that they had in that were a little bit different. The first thing that I see in the difference there would be their character. Their character was totally different. How do we know that? Because Jesus told us that. He said the first guy was wise and the second guy was a moron. <laughs> because you see, if you look it up in the Greek, the word there that causes that this foolish, it's translated over to our word moron. And so he's telling them there, he's saying, here are two men, but one is wise and one is not very wise at all. So you can have the same vision, but one can be wise about it and one can be a moron. Now, wisdom. Wisdom comes from God and this is what we should seek. Knowledge comes through the education that you receive. You go to school, you learn something, you apply that knowledge. That's knowledge. But wisdom comes from God, and that's the thing we should desire as Christians, because it comes from God Himself. That's why a person with no education can be very wise, because they've sought out God in their life. Now, wisdom in Scripture, wisdom of Scripture, is the ability to take the truth and apply it to one's life. It's the ability to take what God says, apply it to your life, and then have the effect that God says it's going to have. When Don and I go to St. Louis, because it's truth, but when, when Don and I go to St. Louis to visit our, our daughter and her family there and our grandkids, almost every morning, just about every morning, they, the kids ask for Papaw's pancakes. 
Papa, you make the best pancakes in the whole wide world. Well, I don't really make them, Aunt Jemima. I make them, and I just stir them up in a bowl, right? But the things with pancakes is this. Now, I cut them out like SpongeBob and Starships and whatever, but, and they like that. They think that's fun. And, but the thing about pancakes is they're flat. Now, I like pancakes. When I look at this picture, I'm getting pretty hungry right about now. Anybody else? All right. So they're flat. But I can take that same mix and pour it into a waffle iron, and I can open it up, and it's got all these indentions in it, all these little crevices there. Now, to me, that's much better. Do you know why? Because it holds, it contains more syrup or the butter that you put on it, or the strawberries, whatever you like, but it holds it into place, doesn't it? In life, I think what we have is a lot of flat or pancake Christians. When God's Word wants us to be these waffle Christians, if you will, because His Word is to indent us. It is to mold us. It is to have an effect on us that the world can see so that we can contain God's goodness so that when the storms come, we stand on the truth of God's Word and God's truth will always get us through. Give me an amen. amen. Now, truth always works. But here's the truth. Truth is not always accepted, is it? It's not. But it will stand the test of time. My Word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It is the truth and it will always stand. How do I know that? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. In Proverbs chapter 12, it tells us that a person that doesn't apply the truth to their life is foolish. Why? Because this is what will sustain you when the storms come in your life. You see, truth is, someday all of us are going to leave this world. And when you do, if you have trusted this truth, you will stand before God, and if you have applied His rock to your life, you will stand and you will see how wise you have really been. The wisest person that you will see is the person that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Never underestimate a person that has accepted Jesus as their Savior. Because that's the wisest decision they've ever made in their life. However, if you do not accept the truth, you will see in the end how foolish that really was. Now, I've done a lot of foolish things in my life. not going to go over all of those. No, give me an amen. I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. But the greatest decision I ever made was on June the 20th, 1969, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ 51 years ago this week. Greatest decision, bar none. The second greatest one is I asked that lady right over there to marry me 44 years ago. See, on the outside, if you look at this story, on the outside, if you looked at these two men, you would say they looked the same, but inside they were totally different because that's what God looks at. God is not trying to shape your outside. You do that. God's trying to shape your inside. Have you let Him? Now the biggest difference that these two guys had was the foundation upon which they built, of course. Sand and rock. The world or Jesus. <clears throat> you can only build on one or the other. There is no third option. That's it. 
The world or Jesus? When you build on the world, this is what you get. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems or appears right to be, for a man, but in the end it leads to death or this great fall. That's what he's teaching there. He's teaching us if you trust, if you trust the world's way, it looks good. It looks like it's fun. It looks the same. But it's not the same. Especially when the storms come and especially when the end comes. Building on the rock takes time, energy, and money. You hear me say that all the time. Because that's how we give in life. Time, energy, and money. And in that is where we have the problem. Because most people want to avoid the time thing. Spending time with God. Not spending time with God makes your foundation weak. And it will not sustain you in the midst of a storm. That's why Christians, when the storms come, if they're not, if they're not deep in Christ, they begin to shake they begin to tremble. They're fearful. They run and they hide. And they look to the world for answers instead of God's Word. Once again, if you look at the world and you look at all the news and you look at all the, the, the on-site things and you can read an article and it can send you into a frizzy, ask yourself this question. When's the last time that I read God's Word? Because God's Word is to cause the Christian in the middle of the storm to be calm. That's what he teaches. Are we? Is the question. Too many people try to take the easy way out, spending little or no time with God, and then when the storms come, they wonder, what the heck happened? I have Christians, what happened? Well, let's just back up and we'll find out. If you don't build your life on right principles, you cannot get the right results. You can hope for it, but they're not coming. It's going to be a long wait. Salvation is only found in Jesus Christ. Now, the world will tell you that it doesn't matter. You just do what you want to do or you follow this group and you get there as well. You've heard that. Everybody's, everybody's good. Everybody's going to go to heaven. That's not what Jesus says. That's not what the Bible teaches. Only those that trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior that are found in Him are His children. Get heaven. The Bible teaches clearly that. The question is, have you built upon that? One stood and one fell. As long as the sun was shining, you could drive by these two houses and say, man, they look just alike. When everything is fine in the life of the Christian and the non-Christian, everything seems exactly the same to the world. The difference comes is when the storms come. That's when we should be distinctly different as Christians. Storms clearly define who you are as a Christian. That's one of the, the reasons why we go through them. It defines who you are. They sift us. And who you really are falls through for the world to see. Storms test our foundation. But know this. Foundations cannot be poured during pouring rain. Try it. It's just going to get soupy. doesn't work. Meaning what? You got to do some work before the storm comes. You got to prepare for the storm. I don't know what's coming my way, God, but I know I'm trusting you. I'm standing on your word no matter what happens, Lord. I'm with you all the way through. I'm going to praise you no matter what comes. I don't know the end of this pandemic. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know when all this stuff is going to go away. But I know one thing you haven't moved, and I'm sticking with you. There's a story. <clears throat> it's a lengthy story, but I'll just share a little bit of it. There's a. There's a cruise liner coming from England or somewhere to the States. 
the people are all piled on there. And of course, when you're making that long journey, there's going to be uh, some troubled waters. So a storm comes up, a terrible storm comes up. People are on deck and the water's just crashing over and people are scared. It's late at night, it's dark, they can't see, so they don't really know what's going on. The captain realized what they were doing and they were fearful. So the captain goes and he gets on the PA and he simply says this, this is your captain speaking. Go to bed. Go to sleep. For I am the captain and I am staying up all night and there is no need for both of us to lose sleep. And secondly, this ship was made for this storm. Go to bed. And we think about that, but I don't know what storm you might be going through in the middle of this. But it's something. This past week I had four individuals that's going through some major storms. Not little things. Not this pandemic thing. Major storms in their life. I don't know what you're going through in life, but I do know this. Our Savior was built for this storm. Our Savior will get us through this storm. He is your foundation that will not collapse when all hell breaks loose on you. That's His promise, not mine. You see, this story about these two guys really is about us. It connects us. Both heard, both knew what would work and what wouldn't work, but only one did what would work, and it worked. And it will work for you. God is faithful because He is our foundation. 1 Corinthians 3, 11. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Where are you building your life? Is it on the world around you? Even on its best days, it's crumbling. Even on its best days, it's leaning. Have you noticed one thing through all of this? The one and only thing that hasn't moved during this pandemic is Jesus. It moved a bit. Why? Because He's the rock. He's the foundation. What does that tell us? If we stand on Him, I shall not be moved. Because He will stand. This is what David said. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Listen. You might hear the storm that you are in. You might even see the storm that you are in. And you might be in the middle of the storm. But you do not have to be afraid of the storm that you are in. Because Jesus is your foundation. Give your life to Jesus today. And I would say in this audience, right here this morning, probably every one of you have already done that, haven't you? You can look back, when I was 12, gave my life to Christ. and You can look back at the time that you gave your life to Christ. And the special meaning of that. 
But you know, in time, time beats at us. Life beats at us. Those waves keep coming sometimes. And sometimes they are smothering. Sometimes they soak us to the bone and then we get a chill. And it's not that we don't love God and certainly it's not that God doesn't love us. But we get weak. We get tired. We get worn out. I've dealt with many, many people in life who have gone through illnesses, long-term illnesses. And oftentimes you can see how they progress and, and when they get to the point where they simply are exhausted. It just exhausted. Well, let me encourage you this morning, if you're a Christian, if you're exhausted, would you just take the next breath and know where that comes from? Would you just take a moment and rededicate your life back to Christ? Just remember what it was like. As Shirley said many, many, many times, I remember once she came and, and, and she asked for prayers at the church and I'll never forget that. And, and, and I remember her baptism, all the things of her family and everything, but I remember her coming and I remember her saying these words one time. She said, when I come like this, it feels as though it's just like my baptism day all over again. I'm refreshed. I'm renewed. Don't forget where your foundation is. Don't forget what Jesus did for you. And don't ever, ever forget that Jesus said, I will always be with you. I will never forsake you. I am your foundation. You will make it. Put your trust in Him. Let me pray over you today. Father God, I just come and... It is so... Father, You know this. You know all generations before they come along. You knew that this was going to happen before it happened. You know how everything is going to go away. You know the length of our days. And Father, You know that we get beat up by the weather of life the storms come and then there's another wave and there's another wave and we're like how many more waves can there be I don't know father but I know we know we stand on you and, and, and we have to anchor deep in you father so I'm just praying for everybody this morning first for myself father forgive me of my sins because I know if I can get my sins out of the way my foundation is going to be a whole lot better so, Father, I just cast them on you. Thank you for taking that one and 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 that one. And, Father, thank you for that last breath you gave me. And I just pray, Father, from now until the time I take my last breath here, my first breath with you, is that I praise your name. Because I know who I am and whose I am. I am weak without you, Father. May we look up and see that you're in the boat with us. You haven't left. I know sometimes you look at me, Father, and you say, Oh, you have little faith. Why do you doubt me so? But today I don't want to be that one of little faith. I want to be the one of strong faith. I want to be the one that says, I am found in you, Father. If the storms come, let them come because I'm hanging on to you. And wherever you go and wherever you are, that's where I want to be and that's where I want to stay. Bless us, Father. Bless us.
We love You, Lord. We love You, Jesus. And thank You. Thank You for being our foundation. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. We're going to sing a song now. And if you do need to respond for anything, of course you can come. We have cards that you can fill out and, and keeping that safe distance as well. I also know that we, the elders stand ready. I stand ready to serve you in any way that we can. You can call during the week anytime you want. Glad to take those prayer requests. Get those to us. We, I assure you that we pray. But if you need to respond, now is the time to do that. As together we stand and sing. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Please be seated. Just a real quick, Donna comes, my wife comes, and you know, um, preachers and preachers' wives go through storms too. You know that, right? And we get wet. And sometimes things are just overwhelming. My wife seems to take a lot of pressure from other, other people. Um, I try to stay clear of that. And it's, it's a lot of pressure. Certainly we're always concerned of our children, for our children, and, and now our grandchildren and great-grandson. And we've really been praying hard about that because we want them to have a good life. And we don't know what, what's in the storms yet. But we know they're going to face storms. But we're trying to trust God in the middle of that. So that's kind of where we're at. And um, I just had a prayer with her. We've been praying. and Those are things that we're dealing with too. Um, we just want them to grow up to love the Lord and be in the Lord and 
trust the Lord and stand firm because we know He is the right foundation. Amen? Amen. So you just keep us in prayer. We're keeping you in prayer. I promise you we're keeping you in prayer. Every one of you. We love you. Stand. everyone this morning I have just a few announcements don't forget to call in next week to make a reservation uh, we will still have two services 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock and also this coming Saturday we will, we will be having the banquet for our graduating seniors and as always they will have a table displaying their pictures and accomplishments over the year or the years and these tables will be in the family center and next Sunday, either before service or after service, you can go over to view them and you can give them a card or a gift to place it on their table if you wish. But if you would please stand and I will close us with a prayer. But first I'd like to read Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank You for being our God. And Father, we uh, thank You for Jesus. And we pray for Your continued watching care over all of us during this coming week. And may our trust always be in You, Father. May our eyes always be fixed on Jesus. And Father, open our eyes to see opportunities that come our way that we can help and serve others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. We stand as children.